What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Naime, with Digging In With Naime. If it's your first time to the pod, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back, family. Today's a good day. <laughs> I'm having a really good day. I'm feeling good. I feel great. I've been having these really bad headaches lately. I think I might just be a little dehydrated, but I'm having a really good day. I want to first talk about how excited I am that Donald Trump will no longer be president once this podcast is up. We'll have a new president, and that's really exciting. I'm excited to see what the Biden administration does. I'm also kind of excited, actually really excited to see Bernie Sanders as the chief uh, man who kind of handles the budget. I'm really excited to see what that looks like and what he does with it, especially because one of the things he says and claims to want to do is to build universal health care, at least during the time of the pandemic. So I'm really excited for that because I think, yeah, I think that's something that that we should, you know, consider and do and, and work towards. And, and I think that's another episode for another day. But <clears throat> just something I'm excited about this episode. I have my wonderful older brother, Nilo Dwayne Thomas, come in and we chat about storytelling. Uh, the conversation was supposed to go somewhere else. But that's where we ended up landing, and I appreciate it because there was some insight I was able to get, especially because both him and I are storytellers. Him through words and in me through words as well, but a lot of my storytelling is through movement, dance specifically. And so it was just interesting to hear his thoughts and his perspective on storytelling, especially in the lens of how he creates his stories and, and the stories that he's drawn to. So I hope y'all enjoy this episode. Let's dig in. I have a special guest today. It's my wonderful older brother, Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne. Hey. Uh, his middle name is actually Dwayne. He goes, but he goes by Dwayne, but his his name is Nico. So, do you have a preference of what I call you today? Um, no, either one. Okay, bet. So, first, I want to talk about what I'm currently reading. I just finished Friends and Strangers, which is a book I talked about last week. And if you want to know my thoughts on it, go to the Rooted Minds blog where I, I did a little wrote, a little sign sign for y'all to read and just let me know what you think and your thoughts. If you haven't read the book, I honestly would encourage it. My dear brother, what books are you currently reading? Yeah, so currently I'm reading um, an anthology called Blacktastic. Um, it is an anthology by authors of the African diaspora, um, and it's really good. It's um, speculative fiction, so it's sci-fi, horror, um, and then steampunk, um, which is a genre that is influenced by steampunk, but with a um, center on black voices and black stories um you know because a lot of steampunk itself is very because it's like a victorian age genre it's very you know it's very racist and colonial so um uh, many black authors in recent years have kind of wanted to express 
you know, their love for this genre because of the things that, you know, they can create with it, but in their own voices. And so they, they call it steam funk and I love it. It's really entertaining, interesting. It's a lot of um, Western and, you know, kind of Victorian stories um, with black characters and black um, tales. So it's really good. Um, I'm halfway through. I want to try to finish it before the end of the month. I'm, that's something I've never heard of. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then also from there about your writing. Okay, so um, I'm a storyteller. I do love telling stories. Um, So I do love horror fantasy. Um, I love supernatural stories. Um, I feel like, so yeah, so um, I feel like with speculative fiction, um, because the genre is very a what if genre, there's so many things that you people can do with it. Um, one of my favorite short stories is by a black author in the speculative fiction genre in horror, um, and it's about a young woman who she's her family is very superstitious, um, but she grew up in in Washington. Her family grew up in Mississippi. And she doesn't really get the superstition. She's kind of afraid of it. And on her journey back home from visiting her family, she ends up getting a real life experience with the supernatural and realizes that, you know, she should have been listening. And so I love that speculative fiction can tell stories like that, tell stories about, you know, not what happens when you don't heed warnings from family, you know, what happens when you don't, um, you know, like, accept your ancestry or acknowledge it, you know, like, stories that can look at questions that I like, you know, questions that are interesting, and um, explore them in a fantastical way, you know? That's interesting. Okay. Okay. So how did, how, how might you find these types of stories? Um, so I find them in many ways. I'm, I'm part of different groups um, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, on WordPress.com um, that show and highlight Black stories by Black authors um, with fantastical themes and supernatural themes and sci-fi themes. It's a lot of fun. They, they love to host events, um, especially now with the Zoom for craze. You know, they... they a lot of these groups host these events where you can come and, you know, hear from the authors. Sometimes they read their stories. Sometimes they talk about what their stories mean. Um, sometimes they just have fun and, and explore, you know, the different things that other people see in their stories that maybe the author not didn't necessarily mean to portray or, or really knew that they portrayed. So it's really fun. It's really exciting. And it's a community. Um, one of them, one of my favorites is called Color in Dark, Colors and Darkness. And they... Um, definitely highlight paranormal, horror, and supernatural the most. But um, they really like to, you know, explore different topics using that lens of speculative fiction. And it's so fun. It's interesting. It's it's great to see a story told, you know, that like, you know, a story about capitalism told about vampires, things like that. You know, it's interesting to see things like that because sometimes you have to take it out of the real world just so you can really analyze it because sometimes we don't we don't see it in the real world because you know we're constantly saying 
um, conspiracies don't exist, you know, this can't happen, you know, we, we don't want to see it. And then sometimes with speculative fiction, you can say, well, let's explore that. Let's talk about it. You know, if it's put in these words of being a vampire, of course, it sounds outrageous, but it's actually what happens with just people. So why, why, why are we letting it happen? You know, it's, it's really fun. That's interesting. I never, I never thought of it like that. Uh, that's dope. So you you actually, since we're talking about storytelling, uh, as, as you know, and as some of you know on here, but uh, I own a small business called Life of Younger List. And the whole point of Life of Younger List is to status quo. So we create content and share stories and create stories so that we challenge the status quo and allow people to really challenge the way they think, challenge their thought process, challenge what they know to be true, challenge, again, the status quo, things that we've always did and, and have done and just ask questions of why. Why does it have to be like this? And so in that, I, I noticed uh, yesterday I was at one of my dance classes I was teaching and I asked the kids, you know, who Mark, uh, MLK Jr. was for to them? Who is he, he to them? And what did he stand for? Especially because yesterday was, or, so obviously we're recording on Tuesday night. Yesterday, the 18th was MLK Day. And it was really unfortunate how they did not know who he was, necessarily, right? Like, even in the process of asking, they couldn't really explain what he did. Some of them, some of them literally, you know, one kid said, uh, he defended black people. So like he he had that type of understanding, but they didn't really know anything. And so I had uh, posted today this, this thing of like, what aren't we doing in telling our stories, right? So like, how are we? And we know specifically when, we, when, when you learn about MLK in school, it's very whitewashed. It's very watered down. It's completely not like complete complete truth right there, mm-hmm. there is, it's the kumbaya message and we know that to not be true of him at least you and i and, and some other people but i guess the the question i i was asking in my post was what are what are how are we failing our youth and even our adults right because there's probably lots of adults who don't even know much about him mm-hmm. but how are you failing youth and not sharing these important stories and it made me think about the importance once of storytelling right of being able to add oral oral store storytelling um and it just made me think about that the the how it's missing how oral storytelling is is honestly missing mm-hmm. yeah definitely it is and that's definitely something that colonialism played a large, humongous role in, you know, because a lot of different cultures, oral storytelling was the way that stories, the way that culture was spread. Um, You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, myths and mythology and things like that, when a lot of times these stories were told in a way that, you know, the people understood, you know, maybe, you know, outsiders who were coming in to conquer didn't um but you know it's all about how you tell that story and a lot of times it's told in a way to destroy and to um simplify and to make 
you know, make other people's cultures and way of sharing their stories look inferior. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think that it's important that we continue to share stories, right? And, and that, that's one of the purposes of Life Beyond Realist, right? The idea of like we're sharing stories, we're continuing stories, and we're allowing them to have a voice. And I think that's what you do when you're writing, right? You're allowing different characters who you normally don't see in in in, in spaces and you're giving them a voice and, and allowing them to share their story. Mm-hmm. What I find what I find interesting um, again in regards to, to just our our heroes and and even even the, the the characters we make up right characters we make up who become our heroes like so so in instance um, T'Challa, right? The idea of, of the Black Panther. It's like we create these stories, right? The magic of storytelling is that they're supposed to continue on. Mm-hmm. That that magic of storytelling is that they do not stop, right? So that it can go for generation to generation to generation. So when you think of storytelling and the idea of, of informing someone of AMLK, that story is supposed to continue on. Mm-hmm. Past generation. And it, it's so sad when the stories don't continue. Yeah. Right. It's as though a generation is just skipped. Like a whole, you know, like a whole generation is skipped. Mm-hmm. Is that, am I making sense? Yeah. What are some ways you think that we can become, that we all can become better storytellers? Um, I definitely think not being afraid to tell your story, especially if you are part of a, group that is not ever included in in telling stories you know um and also being able to support those stories that need to be told you know or even if they don't even if you know you think that they don't need to be told just stories that deserve to be told and that should be told and that can be told um you know it's it's i've you've been able to see it a lot more now you know um they're they're doing a lot more to expose and explore stories that have never been even thought of you know like there was a show on netflix called um special um and it's about a a gay man who is um he has a disability and he he kind of relies on that um or he he kind of doesn't want people to think that his disability um, exists. And, you know, just like telling that story of how people w- interact in the world is um, is important, you know, because there's so many different types of people. There's so many different types of stories to tell. In the story, um, the reason I brought it up is because he, he talks about, um, or the story is about him trying to say that he was in an accident. Um, he has cerebral palsy and he's, you know, says that he was in an accident and that's what has this disability, you know? And it's just interesting of pl- of t- telling that story of being gay and then also having cerebral palsy and like how these worlds kind of, you know, they don't get looked at on their own either, you know? And then being able to explore that and share that with the world is important. You know, being able to show that there's many stories to be told that are just as entertaining, just as thought-provoking, just as heartwarming. And um, it's, it's a comedy, you know, it's a, it's a dramedy. So it's, 
it's a lot of fun to see that. And I feel like people definitely need to be more supportive of that. Um, and it's hard because, you know, you, you might not know what, what voices are missing. So how can you help them, you know? But it's about not expecting the world to cater around you, you know, if you are privileged. And then, you know, being open to understanding your biases so you can try to get past them. Yeah, that reminded me of I watched the new episode of Nine One One, and so this show has Angela Bassett, right? Queen Angela Bassett's in it. So I love this show, but in the episode today that I saw, there's a young man who I'm not sure what he has, but he has a d- developmental problem, uh, and he ends up being the hero. He ends up being the one who like helps some people, and he's able to save some lives. And it was interesting because at the beginning of it, they were making fun of him. And not in a like a, oh, like, haha, you have this or you have that. But more so of out of annoyance, right? Like, oh, here's this kid again, mm-hmm. acting this way, doing this. And, you know, there comes a time, like, people can tolerate things, but then they start getting annoyed and frustrated. Like, we have, we have short tempers. We have little patience. And so sometimes if there's someone who needs a little more patience, like, people just, they, they just lose their mind, right? Mm. And I think that's what it was with this gentleman. Like, they were just tired of his his constant comments and, and, and him just being himself, right? Him just being human and himself, and they just couldn't handle it. And at the end, he ended up being the one to save them and to help them. And it I got really, like, emotional, honestly, when I was watching it, because I was like, these are stories we don't tell enough, mm. right? So it is someone who has a developmental issue in a, in a film or a show, normally they're the problem. They're in the way. You know what I'm saying? They're the ones who, who we have to fight and argue with, and, and they're the ones who cause the problems. But it's like this kid was the one who helped. This mm-hmm. guy was who who aided the, the woman who hurt herself, right? Mm. He hurt um, when a man, another man hurt himself. He grabbed, he took off his belt and wrapped it on his cut. Like, so he this intelligent being, this human who has, um, who made, who may need a little more support in socializing or whatever the case may be was the hero. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was new and I just appreciated it. Yeah. You don't see that. Definitely. You don't see that at all. So I appreciate it. I think another part of storytelling is, to your point right like looking out to see what stories haven't been told but then also through what lens mm-hmm. yeah one thing to to consistently have the same story like when i think about all the 90s love stories right where there's this huge drama all, all the all the black films right there's a huge drama uh, one of them cheats or one of them is unloyal and the other person does something back and it's like like black love doesn't always have to be a struggle Black love doesn't always have to be hard, but that's what it made it seem like in these 90s films. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so looking at a different lens, right? That's why, and, and Leslie and Kim and I, on, on an earlier episode, we talked about this. Like, that's why it was important to have, like, My Wife and Kids, right? Or, um, or these other shows that showcase the simple, good love, right? This mm-hmm. true love, beautiful Black love. That wasn't circumstantial. Yeah. That didn't need to be something that went through every trial and tribulation just to find peace. 
Right. Just to, fi- to just to find out that, oh, you're here for me. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important, too, because it's important to know what tropes um, aren't helpful, you know, because there's, you know, like, the for example, the chosen one trope, you know, pretty much every white story for, you know, for many centuries, you know, when, when there's a chosen one it's like there's a special white person who gets to do things and be a hero, be magical, be special. And it's like when you put that on a black character or a Latino character or a Latina character, you know, or a Latinx character, you, you know, it's, it's like, it's not the same and it doesn't hold the same type of meaning because then you start getting into, so now that they're the chosen one, they're the only black show. They're the only black person who can do this. They're the only Latinx character that can do this. And so, you know, sometimes you have to recognize those tropes. And you know, because you know, there's plenty of white stories where they, the white characters that they have a romance that just goes through all these trials and tribulations. But is that the story that is necessary when the characters are black or when they're Latinx? And it's it's important to understand that, you know, because it can't be the same story because it comes with different connotations, you know. Um, and so it's important to understand, especially if you're a storyteller, you know, what stories you're telling and exactly like you said, you know, why and how. Because not every plot point can fit for every, every character and still have that same meaning or still have meaning at all. You know, because yeah. then you, you start looking at it like that, you know, it's like, when do Black characters get to be special you know when they're the only one and then it's like to say you know if they're the only one what is that saying about what you know what's the story saying about black people in general or latino people in general you know latinx people in general about how they live in this world and so i think that's really an interesting topic as well you know like looking and saying yes we want to have you know like like me like i want to definitely see you know black buffy I want to see uh, Latinx, um, you know, uh, Elena from Vampire Diaries. You know, I want to see people who come from my background and culture getting to be these characters. But is it the same when it's the when when they're in it? You know, it's like we can't have some of these dangerous tropes. And even if they're not dangerous, you know, just some of these tropes that you know they're okay when it's a white story, but you know, because of what race means like you know and ethnicity what it means you know the story doesn't doesn't have the same meaning when you start doing that you know it's like telling the story of two brothers willing to kill each other and willing to kill themselves for this girl you know what is that does that even make sense if the character is latinx you know what does it become you know does it still have that you know is it still necessary and was it necessary to begin with you know so also understanding what these tropes mean and how these tropes were built. You know, they were built with white people in mind. So breaking out of them and understanding how to still get your story across without having to rely on these um, tropes. And, you know, tropes are based, like, they're, you know, again, the same kind of ideas again and again used. You know, like the trope of the you know in slashers the virgin who gets to survive and live you know the final girl that's a trope and so with tropes it's important to know them so that when you're writing your story you don't have to base your whole story around them because then it's like is it really 
your story or is it a repeated story with just, you know, the characters are in blackface or the characters are in brownface, you know? That is hard. It is really hard because, you know, we live in a world where a lot of the media we have been consuming is white. So all the tropes we learn as writers, you know, when you're a writer or a storyteller, you're told to always read. That's how you that's how you grow. But if everything around is white, it's like you're learning all these w- plots and ways to write, but it's still centered around white people. That's why I've lately been focusing on reading stories by Black people and Latinx people just to help ground me in what it looks like to break out of those boxes and tropes. Yeah, which I think is important because as we said before, like everyone has a story and everyone deserves for their story to be, well, you know what I'm saying? Let me let me think about that, actually. <laughs> I mean, everyone does deserve their story told, but the, you know, if it's harming someone else, then obviously. Yes, you know, but exactly. What are your, or do you have anything, uh, any last minute things you want to tell the people? Um, Dream it and do it because that's how everything starts. And with storytelling, sometimes that's what it starts out as a dream or an experience or um, a fear and people overcoming it or exploring it or just sharing it. Um, a lot of people, you know, they, 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 I recently have been reading this blog about poems and how this the author's friends hate poetry because you know education taught them that it was a strict boring thing and it's like don't let something stop you you know if you have it in you tell your story i know it's hard it can be really hard and scary but you might as well get it out then keep it in and risk hurting yourself yeah yeah that's good where can the people find you um, they can find me um, on my WordPress, fictiongalore.com. Um, I write stories on there. Um, I'm going to try this new thing for this year um, of when I finish a book, I'm going to post a little, I don't want to say review? like, not a review necessarily, but I'm going to share my thoughts. And then I'm also going to um, share a story, you know, because a lot of the books I'm reading are anthologies. So I'm going to take what the anthology gave me and say, you know, if I was asked to be part of this anthology, what tale would I contribute? <laughs> oh, that's dope. I actually am doing book reviews. Oh, I know. And I, and I, and I, honestly, a part of me is like, I don't know if anyone's actually going to want to read this. And, but I don't know. I just feel like that's something I need to do. And not in a way of like this book sucked, but just like kind of more of, so these are the themes I received from this book and this is what I learned from it. Cause I think we can all learn from different stories if we're willing to, you know, but yeah. and reviews and critiques. I feel like they, and even criticisms, you know, they are a form of love. You know, someone took their time out to express what your book made them feel. Even if, you know, it's negative criticism. It's like, I, I take that as a love because it's like you care enough about the story I was starting to at least say, I should work on this, I should work on that, you know? So I feel like, you know, it's good to have critique and reviews. I agree, I agree. All right, well, thank you, Dwayne, my brother. I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you, I love you too. You have a good day.